Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special bonus episode of Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. You know, as you know, I usually just do one episode a week, but I know that, uh, you know, on the usual release date this week, I've got an interview planned, which, by the way, I'm pretty excited about. Um, like, there's a handful of people in Germany who do kind of similar content to what I do in the sense that, you know, there's a, there's a handful of immigrants who live in different cities in Germany. Funny enough, all the ones that I've met None of them live in the same city, which maybe that's kind of cool. Uh, you know, like we're all taking over our own in individual cities. I'm the only one that I know of in Munich doing it the way that I'm doing it, making these like, <clears throat> you know, silly videos about Germany. But then there's like another guy, this British guy in um, in Frankfurt, I think. And then there's another, uh, there's a woman in Hamburg and there's um, uh, another woman who's, uh, you know, mom is German, but she lives in Toronto, and there's, um, yeah, there's a handful, like, kind of all over Germany. There's one guy in Austria that I'm going to have on the show. Uh, there's another guy living in um, Wiesbaden, I think. But anyway, the point is, there's, you know, there's a group of us kind of doing a similar, similar thing, uh, different kinds of humor, different kinds of video techniques, but basically, basically the idea of, like, comparing Germans and German behaviors and German culture to wherever they come from. And uh, yeah, people do it in different ways, but usually everyone's got their own kind of funny take. And what I've been doing recently is booking these people onto the podcast to try and not not compare, but just to talk about their experiences and to get to know them a little bit. Because I think, you know, when people do similar content, sometimes it can come off a little competitive, but I think it's kind of cool actually just to pick their brain and, and make a community. You know, maybe we can do videos together. So with that in mind, um, this week on the regular release date will be a great interview with one of those creators. If you live in Germany or you follow me because of the algorithm, you might have already seen her face quite a lot before. Uh, she's a successful creator and funny and uh, an American, and I'm excited to have her on the show. Um, I believe she lives in Hamburg. So that's what's going to happen this week. That's why I didn't want to try and combine uh, this interview episode that's all about her with this Amsterdam trip, because I know that some of you, especially the people who are close to me who listen to this regularly, want to know what this trip was like. So here we are. It's a bonus episode. And uh, I've got my, I brought my itinerary from the hotel with me here so that I could actually not forget anything we did. Because whenever I try to retell things, I always kind of like gap out and space out and, and just remember these little bits and pieces. But um, so the cool, all right. So, you know, basically last uh, Wednesday, it felt like a weekend. You know, it felt so strange to come back on a Friday and then still have Saturday, Sunday. Um, it really felt different from that. But um, yeah, I left on a Wednesday. It was like a Wednesday morning. Um, got into a taxi around 6.30 in the morning and then went to Munich Airport. And man, traveling with just a backpack, you know, no suitcases, no clutter. It was the best. Just, you know, strolling at my own fast pace through the airport, um, you know, getting through security, no problem. 
um, and then, you know, chilling at like a little bar, getting um, a croissant or whatever in the coffee, watching videos on my phone. It was just like, that was the vacation of it all, you know, having that space and time and that freedom. And uh, yeah, so I, I flew, the, the flight was nice. I slept the whole time. It was like an hour and five minutes. Landed in Amsterdam airport and was, um, you know, originally, and this is not a complaint. This is just um, telling it kind of how it was. Originally, it was um, proposed to me or suggested to me pretty clearly that I would be picked up in the Choco Mobile, which is really funny because... <laughs> You know, I didn't really know what to what to imagine. Uh, I, I I didn't know if it was going to be like a Willy Wonka style thing where, you know, maybe they have like prank parts of the car that can be broken off and eaten uh, or if everything would just be covered in like the Tony's chocolate label. Uh, but in the end, when I landed, I went out the exit. It took me a second to find the main exit at that airport, actually. But um, finally got out into the main area and... Uh, there was no one there. <laughs> I was early. I guess the flight landed early. We were kind of, everything was just perfectly on time. So the driver had to call me and it's like, oh, I'm on the way. I'm sorry. And I was like, no, no, don't worry. And uh, when they arrived, I met this gentleman probably in his 50s, very kind, very sweet. And then he introduced me to his son, who I found out later was uh, 20 or 21. And he ended up being my driver for the for the trip, the driver you know, to the hotel from the airport and vice versa two days later. And this guy was so sweet and so nice, but it was not in a Chaco Mobile. We got into a very nice car, and the the back row of the car was filled with chocolate bars, which they gave that to me. So that was really sweet. Um, he made sure to take it all out of the car and put it into a bag. He's like, "You, this is yours. I don't want it." Uh, I guess he's had a lot of chocolate recently. Um, so no Chaco Mobile, but that's okay. I did ask about it, and they said that um, it is a different car that they do sometimes pick people up in, but I don't know if someone else was using it that day. And um, it's basically like a normal car, but covered head to toe in the Tony's, you know, bright fluorescent label. And I think with all this chocolate in the back seat and stuff. So um, probably a similar kind of ride, <laughs> but just a lot more flashy colors. So it's okay. I didn't miss it. So we got to the hotel, this really nice guy. We had a nice chat. He dropped me off. Got to the Conscious Hotel, which I found out later, and this is important, I found out later is the chain. There's a few branches of this hotel in Amsterdam, but I didn't know that. So I went to what I first believed was the only Conscious Hotel, and there were two people waiting at the door to meet me. There was uh, the American, one of the American people from the company who uh, flew in for this, for this couple of days, uh, Noel, and then the German correspondent, Philip, who he was like the only one I ever spoke to in the first place. He was the only guy I'd ever messaged with before all this. And um, yeah, you know, it was kind of cool to put a face to the words because, you know, for those who might know, like a few months ago, I was starting to build an audience. And so I thought, oh, I love Tony's Chocolate. They seem like a nice, small German chocolate company. I'll reach out to them and see if they want to do a partnership together. And they were like, um, well, actually, we're a Dutch company, but we don't really do partnerships right now, but we'll send you some free chocolate since we're doing a new campaign with Ben and Jerry's and, uh, you know, you can pr promote it and we can see how it goes from there. And so I did it and we all liked it. We were all happy. And then they wrote me now for this trip and said, Hey, we're still not really doing paid partnerships, but we would love to fly you out to be a part of this fair. 
And uh, so, yeah, finally, finally met Philip at the door. So they checked me in. Uh, very nice hotel. It was always it's always cool, to, you know, to be put somewhere for free, especially if you're traveling on your own. Um, having your own space like that where you can cool down and rest and take a break from the people that you're meeting. You know, like being on, like being very um, like socially having that having the energy being drained from you when you're meeting all these new people is kind of tough. And I felt like I won a lot of people over. Uh, I do feel like maybe that's a skill of mine, but at the same time, every few hours, whenever I had the chance to go in the hotel room, I would just pop in there, shut the door, turn on the don't disturb, fall face down on the bed, and kind of just like, like just detox. Um, and that was no one, it's just how, it's just that trade-off, you know, you got to load that battery. Um, so then here's where things get funny. So we, I got in the hotel, they said, you know, enjoy the next couple of hours, you can explore the city as you want, and then at 2.45, we're going to meet at this bakery called the Bakkerswinkel. I keep saying things so German. Maybe they, maybe it sounds different in Dutch, but uh, the Bakkerswinkel. And they were like, we're going to meet there and we're going to do a presentation on our company to you, in influencers, and, what that, and, and our message, like our motto, and talk about, uh, which, by the way, when I get to it, you'll realize is a very serious matter. So, you know, that's something they're like, we want you to sit and we want to give you this meeting and it's going to be very serious. And it was like, okay. <clears throat> Well, I'm in Amsterdam, right? Never been there before. I have like two hours to myself and I think, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to stroll around. I'm going to see the city. I'm going to walk around. I'm going to check things out for myself. So I'm strolling around the city. I put in one of the cafes they recommend. They have like a list of things here on the itinerary. They're like, oh, why don't you try like, like St. Jean, Amsterdam. And so I put that into my Google maps and I was listening to Thankfully, I had just changed over my phone contract to a phone service that works in different countries. And I was just like, cool, I've got access to my podcasts. I can use Google Maps. I'm not going to get lost. And I put it in and I started walking slowly, zigzagging around the city um, with the end goal of getting to this cafe, right? <clears throat> Well, I'm going slow, I'm doubling back to my phone, I'm like checking Instagram, I'm stopping to take pictures, you know, of the beautiful bodies of water that are, that fill the city. I was looking at the, the, the cyclists, I was looking at the, at the architecture, oh, what a beautiful black bridge with red roses all around it, oh, what a nice cobblestone street, oh, that's, oh, look at this little food shop, that's just like the local thing, and it was all so nice and sweet and Dutch. And I was getting kind of soaked up into all of it. And it, it, importantly here, I didn't realize how much time was passing. So <laughs> I finally got to the cafe and I didn't realize, you know, if I had walked 15 minutes, if I'd walked 45 minutes, I wasn't noticing at all. And I got to the cafe and it, it had a long line around the corner. I was like, oh, okay, great. So it's it's a popular place. It's a hopping place. I don't really want to wait in line I'd rather just do something else so across the street from this cafe was just a small regular old bar and I was like you know it's like two o'clock or whatever or it was like a little before two o'clock and I've got um you know I've got time why don't I just like have a nice like Dutch beer like a Heineken or something uh, or whatever, and just sit sit here like a local, and just drink it in, and then I can walk somewhere else, so I sat down, and I had a beer, and then I had another one, and then I looked down at my phone, and I noticed the time, it was like a bit before two o'clock, and I thought, okay, I've got to be back at this bakery by 2.45, let me put it into Google Maps, and see how far away it is, so I put the address into my phone, and it was like, it's a 50 minute walk back, and I was like, oh my God, 
How did I do that? How did I manage to walk 50 minutes and not notice it? I mean, I must have walked all around this cafe before I got to it, just stopping and look. How much time did I waste? That's crazy. And so I thought, well, I'd better go now. I'd, I'd like to pay, please. And I, and I got back on the street and then I, I started kind of hustling and I walked and I walked and I walked. And again, brand new city, not really great with like memorizing my surroundings, not great with memorizing, you know, where things are. My, I have terrible bearings and environmental awareness and was kind of like, oh, just looking at this person, looking at that shop, looking at that store, looking at that restaurant. Finally, after 50 minutes, I walked all the way to the hotel entrance because that's where they said they wanted to meet. Now, should I have put the Bakerswinkel into my phone? Yes, I should have. But I didn't remember what the place was called. I didn't have my itinerary with me. And they said, we're going to meet in front of the hotel. So I thought, okay, it's like 2.42 and I should be at the hotel now. And I realized in that moment, I had put in a different hotel. And I had walked almost an hour in the opposite direction of where I was supposed to be at that exact moment. This is my first three hours on this trip as an influencer who's supposed to, you know, like support and be there for the company and take things seriously. There I was with beer on my breath and I was an hour in the wrong direction. (laughs) And um, I might as well just had lipstick on my collar and a cigarette behind my ear at that point. It's like, I'm just going to move here just leave me. I'm just, here's my phone. Here's my wallet. You know, here's my address. Just go, someone else just go take my place. I'm here now. (laughs) I'm just going to live on a boat and sing in Dutch. Uh, and yeah, I was so screwed. I got so, I mean, thankfully, literally every single stranger that I encountered on this trip was the nicest person. The Dutch are so friendly. Uh, and well, in this experience they were, I met the bartender at the, at the wrong hotel and she just gave me this big smile and said, are you, are you lost? And I was like, yes. I was like, where is this hotel? She's like, are you sure that you have the right address? We, there are many hotels. And I was like, oh, crap. And uh, I immediately called our host, Sabrina, who is someone who lives there. And she's in charge of basically dragging us idiots in our phones around the city for the next two days. So I called her and I said, I'm so sorry I went the wrong direction. I'm going to be late. Just give me the address of the place I need to be at where you're going to be right now. And I'll take a taxi. She's like, no worries. It's all good. Everything's fine. I took it. And then I'd gotten to an Uber, (laughs) drove like, I don't know, half an hour. It was crazy. I was so far away. Finally got to where we're going. And this is where like basically the trip starts, right? So now I'm in this, uh, there's like a bakery slash restaurant and they have rented out the upstairs, which is like a barn. And I missed all the story uh, stories about the history of the building. Honestly, I don't really care. Um, unless Anne Frank lived there, it's probably not going to interest me too much to know who built it. I'm just not really like into architectural history so much, unless it's something mind blowing, like, Oh, how did they build the, how did they build the twin towers or like, Ooh, the pyramids or something, but just like a nice old barn in the city. I'm just, I don't know. I'm not that guy just being honest. Uh, anyway, so they, the upstairs is like a beautiful old barn flat top with a big, they built these, all these huge tables, like a U shaped table facing a projector and they did a presentation and it was very mm, serious um 
like basically I went in, so I was late. I was the last one. I sat down at this table and there was all these people around me. And then I realized, oh, the, okay, right. Yeah. So these are the influencers. Mm, these are the influential people that I'm supposed to be spending my time with. And as I grew to, to meet these people later, you know, there was a, a bunch of them that I liked very much. And there's a handful of them that, I mean, are, are fine uh, in general. And no one was like a problem or anything. But I really loved my, um, what do you call it? My connection to this whole thing. Because I, I just make fun of Germany. I'm just a goofy dude who makes funny videos. And everyone else there was like, lifestyle, food, travel, blog, you know, whatever. And it was just so funny to be part of that construct. But um, they did a speech. And then, you know, the speech, or the presentation was really, it was good in the way that, like, I finally realized what everything means for this company, for Tony's Chocolate Only. But, like, like you know, the name even coming from this guy's journey and message and motto of, like, how lonely the battle is in the chocolate industry to fight slavery, like modern day slavery in the cocoa, cocoa trade. Um, I mean, very, very long story short, what I found out is that, you know, this journalist was doing an investigating how he found out that, you know, the chocolate industry amongst others, I'm sure the coffee industry, sugar industry have, um, like tons and tons, thousands and thousands of like modern day slaves working from the field uh, all the way up to, you know, the, 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 tr like the, whatever, the chain, like the supply chain, all the way up to the supply chain. And this guy basically was like, that's horrible. Um, there's children, all kinds of slaves. And, and, you know, most of the chocolate in the world comes from like three countries in West Africa. And this guy basically was just like, I can do this without that. And he built a small thing. He built like a thousand I don't know. I think he like rented some land. I mean, long story short, he got some land. He paid some people for some for, for their crops, paid some people to turn it into tasty chocolate. And then he made like a thousand bars and he sold them. And um, it started to become a successful, you know, small chocolate company that was um, had this great message and this great purpose of being anti-slavery. So um, people wanted to buy into it. They wanted to invest in it. And he didn't want to be a part of it anymore because he believed that his role is just, is just meant to stay in journalism, which is kind of cool. I think this is back in like the seventies, uh, which I didn't even know the company went that far back or like, no, maybe it was the nineties. I think it was the nineties. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, he stepped out of it. He sold his shares and went back to being a journalist. And then, uh, the people who took over basically just expounded and furthered that message. So everything from the name to the, the supply chain, the, the farmers they work with in Africa, all the way down to literally how the bricks of chocolate in the bar are unevenly shaped. You know, like if you get a Hershey's square, it's like 12 perfectly even squares of chocolate. Well, their whole thing is like that the, the trade of chocolate in the world is very unequal. It's very unfair. There's slaves, there's unequal pay, there's unequal treatment. So even like the shape of the chocolate is like unequal on purpose. Oh, sorry. Swallowed my air wrong. Uh, even the, the chocolate is like shaped differently on purpose to all connect back to that. So kind of cool stuff. In, in the sense of like, I'm that's a good message. I can support that. Uh, and I really like that idea of it. So they finished the presentation. We were all having some coffee and whatever. And um, I didn't really get to meet everybody then. I was really kind of, my, my brain was a little fried. And I knew that we had, I mean, I had walked like two hours in the sun 
uh, and then sat down for a really heavy presentation in the dark. So my brain was a little bit rattled and I just like, I grabbed my bag. I mean, and there's just so many chocolate bars. They just keep trying to, I mean, they basically were like trying to give away their company. Like they just, every single room that we went into had like 700, I mean, no joke, like hundreds of bars of chocolate. And they just saying like, take whatever you want, take whatever you want. Um, and then I went back to the hotel and I took like a moment to breathe. I think I showered and just kind of like refreshed. Um, and then we met back up pretty quickly. I'd say like half an hour or something at the, um, just where the water starts right next to this bakery for a, a private boat tour. So this is all on the first day, you know, like six and six thirty in the morning, getting up, landing there, getting to the hotel, um, you know, going for the walk, going to the, to the bar, going to the wrong place, taking the taxi, getting there, presentation, hotel, quick shower, turn around, back at, and back in the sun, and you're on the boat to go in the water. So pretty crazy, pretty like nonstop already. Um, this is where I finally met most of the people that I was going to be spending my time with. And this is where I made a few friends. Um, I sat on the boat and I immediately heard one extremely loud, but very endearing American girl. Um, with she looked like she's somewhere in between she could have looked like 18 or 40 because of her haircut she had this like kind of you know stereotypical very short maybe you know semi-masculine like art teacher in a California high school sort of haircut and super tan skin loud like New Jersey background uh, and I recognized her from a very very popular TikTok video, which I'll get to that later. That's a good story. So, you know, I saw her and the back of my brain hit like a switch. I was like, I know her, I know you, but I didn't know what from, I had no idea. And we started talking and I thought, have you ever been to New Orleans? Have you ever been to, uh, I'm not sure. I know you, I think we've met before. Uh, and she also was like, oh, maybe, uh, I think I went there in 2018. Oh, maybe I met you there. So we just couldn't figure it out. We're like, we're going to get it. So that was a charming, nice, fun conversation. And then I met this other woman. She was uh, in her mid-30s. She's Italian. She's living in Brussels. She has a family there. Um, she does like lifestyle stuff. She was very sweet. I, I, I tend to click really well with Italian people. Um, and she was just a hoot. I think it's because maybe it's also like from Vivi, you know, just like Spanish, Italian people. I just click like I, I get the part of them that's enjoying the European part of life, like the needs of, of people and what they see and, and how they view the differences of like American needs. Because uh, I kind of fall somewhere right in between that. And then also just like the liveliness and the the, the funniness and we talked almost the entire time, me and this lady. She was so sweet, so fun. Her name was Crystal. Talked about her family, talked about the whole, her, what, you know, how her stuff started, whatever, about how, how I, with the music and then going into comedy. And we we really, like, became, like, good friends. Like, on, we, we talked a lot the whole next two days. Uh, so on the boat, you have, like, Crystal, the Italian. We have uh, Gabby, the American from New Jersey. Then you have, like, a, like a real textbook, what I would describe, like imagine, close your eyes, draw an influencer girl, this type. It was a, it was like a pretty blonde who wore like skin tight dresses, uh, you know, painted fingernails, uh, like pearl, uh, necklace and, um, like a really expensive, like Apple watch, perfect hair, earring, diamond earrings, you know, super expensive sunglasses. And then like a very tall, very buff, 
perfectly trimmed, beard-trimmed guy boyfriend who like carries her bag for her, carries her phone for her, always is taking pictures of her when the light looks right. And she, her name was Harry, H-A-R-I, Harry, and Jake, and they were from the UK. And Jake, Jake was always there, like, yeah, babe, turn around. Yeah, nice, take another picture. That looks good, love. Yeah, come here, let, let me show you. That's not nice, Jake. It's not the right light. Let's try again. Yeah, yeah, you're right, babe. You're right, babe. Click, click, click. Like super, super, super influencer posing next to the railing of the boat, posing next to the plate of food, standing in the sunlight, doing like 10 photos, then changing the hair, turning the shoulder, looking over the, you know, from the back, all this stuff. You know, and and good for her making a living. She's there too. She's there for the same reason I am. There's no one better or worse in this conversation, but it's just a different type of person. And uh, good for her. And uh, that guy's kind of funny because he, he um, I mean, he just, you know, he was like, mm, he's kind of a slave too. You know what I mean? Uh, he just did whatever she wanted. He he would walk like two feet behind her carrying, when, when they gave us bags of chocolate the next day, he literally carried it all day for her. Um, one bag in his hand for her, one bag in the other hand for him and her purse on his shoulder and walked behind her the whole day like a shadow and then just stopped to take photos of her. And it was kind of crazy because this dude was, you know, like six foot eight and super buff and wore like Gucci shirts tucked into like, you know, Prada sweatpants and, and slips. And it was like, who uh, are you? You know, who is this? What's going on? It was really funny. Um, I just drank that in. Then you get to the Germans. The Germans. The Germans actually were really cool, and I liked them a lot. It was um, two girls. Um, one of the girls was uh, in her mid-twenties, and her name was Lisa. Lisa? Not Lisa, with an A, like a normal person, but the Germans with an E, like Lisa. And she was... Um, a little standoffish at first, I'm not going to lie. You know, she was a, she's like, she's a model. You know, she was super skinny. She was pretty. Not really my type of pretty, but she was pretty. All the guys in the group went crazy for her. All the young dudes that I'm going to talk about later. Uh, she was, yeah, German living somewhere north, I think like around Nuremberg. And she was, um, yeah, like lifestyle, like, you know, here's my cosmetics. Here's what I wear. Here's what I eat. And then she had her sister with her, who I liked so much. She was 17, uh, very Billie Eilish style, very big hoodies, big oversized shirts, baggy, dirty jeans, you know, black sneakers, black fingernails, very teenager. But she was so funny and she was so real. And uh, I guess she was there as like a plus one for the sister. She also does her own Instagram stuff, but it wasn't the same. It was, uh, you know, she just kind of was there to have fun. And she was very like sarcastic and, and, and snarky at first, but I liked it and we joked around. And then at the dinner we had later that night, I like, I broke her and then we were friends and uh, I liked her a lot. Uh, her name was Lily. And then you have the uh, American Asians. Um, it was a couple, he is from LA and she's from New York, but they're a couple somehow. I don't know how they make that work. Um, and they are Korean. I mean, they're American, but you know, they're Korean. Uh, and he is a music manager for K-pop bands in L.A. And she, I, this sounds horrible, but I, for the life of me right now, cannot remember their names. I talk to them the least, though, because they're Asian. No, I'm kidding. I talk to them the least because they, uh, I, I just didn't, I don't know. I, they, I don't know. And then now it sounds horrible. Now it sounds like I don't have a good excuse for it. But I was just, I didn't get around to everybody until the second day. And it was at the second day that we really clicked. 
But the first day I didn't really talk to them so much. Um, and to be honest, the guy, he just, you know, he was very quiet and I thought he didn't want to be there. And then I didn't want to like annoy him. I don't know. They just, they looked very wealthy also. And sometimes when people, when people just exude wealth, um, it may, makes me not want to try and be friends with them because I think, well, I don't want them to be mean to me. It's kind of messed up. But anyway, they, uh, yeah, she's a really successful YouTuber. I looked her up. Um, her numbers are crazy. She's also food. She's a food blogger, traveler, and he does music management in LA. And uh, I met them later on. They were super, super, super nice. Uh, just to make that very clear, I like them very much. And I, and I, again, the second day I broke them too and had them laughing a lot. And I kind of feel like I earned, I earned the friendships of these crazy people. Then you have the Belgian DJs. Uh, the youngest of the group, except for Lily, um, they were like 20 and 22. Uh, one of them is, he was really funny looking, but in a cool way, he was like, he was a successful DJ, he had a good following, and he was also doing fashion, and he dressed like he's a guy who does fashion, so, you know, he looked insane, but it kind of worked, and then he had this, like, quiet, cute little friend with him who was a couple years younger, um, good-looking dude, but quiet, a little shy, also a DJ, different kind of music from his friend, um, didn't drink, didn't talk much, didn't eat much, just kind of kept to himself, um, but I could tell he really liked me because after he, after that first dinner, he threw his arm around my neck and was like, I can't believe I'm here with a real American man. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun, man. And I like those kinds of guys. I like when people, people just show me who they are. It's a lot of fun. I think right now that's everybody. I'm sure it'll change if I, I think that's the whole group. Pretty sure. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> the last, the last of them, which is the least interesting, sounds horrible, but the least interesting is the three girls that were from Amsterdam. I barely spoke to them at all. They really stuck to themselves. They they all lived in Amsterdam. They all did different things. Like one's a musician. One did like memes, comedy memes. The other one did something else. I'm not sure. Like food. She's a cook, right? She's a food. Uh, she's a food cook. And they just they met and they stuck together. Thick as thieves. Those three girls. They never broke off to talk to anybody else. I didn't love that too much, but you know, whatever, maybe they were kind of shy and alone and then they met people who were really like them. So they found some comfort. Maybe I would have done the same thing. And yeah, that's it. I mean, that's the Dutch girls. I, I, I kind of forget about them because I just didn't really get to meet them. They just kind of did their own thing. Um, but that's, that's the group. And, uh, it was a good group, nice people. And we went on this boat ride. That's where I kind of got to like size them up and get to know if they're going to be nice and get to joke around a bit and chat. Um, but I really spent most of that boat ride talking to the Italian woman because she was so nice and she was just right next to me and uh, talked to some of the people who were working for Tony's. There was a few Americans there in town from New York who, you know, everyone was there to kind of host the influencers and the people in charge for this fair that was the next evening. So we... Um, yeah, let me look at this piece of paper. So yeah, the private boat tour, very nice. It was a scenic trip down Amsterdam's iconic canals. Um, then, yeah, then we got off, then we went back to our rooms again just for a bit, and then it was time for dinner. And dinner was at this gorgeous, gorgeous uh, location. It was, again, nothing was really ever too far from the hotel. They put us into a big bus and drove us all to the entrance, which was this just breathtaking building on the water. It was sunset, which by the way, 
the sun finally went, it felt like sunset for hours because the sun finally went down at like 10 p.m. or 10.30. It was crazy. <clears throat> um, but we, it was the, like, if you imagine, if you, I mean, you've, if you heard the last podcast I was on with Mo Bat, we talked about it, like we talked about with the image of the restaurant on, on the website. But basically, if you've ever been to like Florida or, or Louisiana, you might have seen these houses that are built very far off of the ground with pillars to protect them from hurricanes. And it looked a bit like that. It was like a, you know, unequal sort of slanted, um, you know, like abstract artwork kind of architecture, like uneven slats and things moved to the left and then something moved to the right and looked looks like balanced and like with these pillars under it. And it was right in the middle of the water. So you took this long, crazy metal staircase all the way up to the restaurant and it was between the hotel and between their offices, which we saw the next day. And this restaurant was great. The, the, now, this isn't a complaint, I swear. But the only thing that really got to me about the whole weekend was that there was never an option for meat. Now, I get why they did it like this, because uh, Sabrina, the host, who was so sweet, explained it. Because she also eats meat. She's from the Philippines. She's not like anti-meat, but she's like, you know, things like this with the company, they have to be all vegetarian because the the entire motto of the company, this like anti-slave trade, open supply chain, you know, being organic, being 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 good, being supportive, being uh, environmentally conscious, eco-friendly, all of those buzzwords of like doing the right things um, include, you know, not eating meat because it's, you know, the cows and their gases are very bad for the environment. So it's, it all kind of wraps together. So it makes sense. They got to do things. Everything has to kind of connect to like the message. They don't want to have any gaps. And, uh, but that would probably be the, the only thing I would have changed is like just the option of being able to have meat. If they were like, we have a completely vegetarian menu, unless you opt for X like rabbit or duck or ground beef or chicken. So I really missed that. It was a beautiful restaurant with really, really well-presented, gorgeous food by a surprisingly young chef, this like really crazy good chef who came out personally very young, maybe like 20s or 30 maybe at the most, presented all the food to us. We had a big room to ourselves, wine as a four-course dinner. You know, it was beautiful, but it was just all vegetarian. So it's just a lot of things I'd probably never would have tried, which is cool. I like to try new things at least once. There's a couple things I liked, but I don't know. It was like I felt full at the end, but not satisfied. Anyway, that's just me. And uh, that at dinner was where finally I feel like I cracked the code on a lot of these people. Like I cracked the code on the Germans. I cracked the code on the Belgian DJ guys. Cracked the code on, you know, oh, I found out at this dinner, and this is going to lead into a great story later, but I cracked the code on how I knew Gabby, the loud New Jersey American girl. I was talking to the Germans next to me, and I was saying, um, you know, when I met Gabby, I felt like I know her. She seems very familiar to me. I don't know what it is, but we have to figure it out later how we know each other. And then the German, the teenager girl leans into me. She's like, but of course you know Gabby. I was like, why? And she goes, cacio e pepe. And I was like, Cacio e Pepe. <gasps> and like this flame just like, just like lit my head and my ears on fire. And I was like, oh my God, of course. 
Last year, there was a video that was so extremely hyper-viral of a girl who's like a food blogger on TikTok over-pronouncing this particularly um, tasty, it's like a unique kind of Italian pasta sauce. You make it with like, I guess, ravioli or something. And she was promoting a brand that makes cacio e pepe. It's a brand, it's like a, a type of sauce. And she's like, if you guys haven't tried this, cacio e pepe, like she says it so over the top, so ridiculous, um, that the entire world made fun of her. And then I realized I've seen her face 30,000 times because months and months and months, there was this trend of people like overpronouncing that, you know, she, it would, they would stitch these videos of her being like, gotcha, baby. And then it would cut to them being like, and I'm going to have a hot to pocate. I'm going to have a pop a tartar, you know, whatever, a cheese. Um, and it was really, I was like, oh my God, that's it. And I laughed so hard that I cried. It was really, I was like losing my mind. And then, you know, you know, this like classic stereotypical Italian hand gesture, or like the chef's kiss thing where your finger, all the your, the tips of your fingers touch and you're kind of rocking your wrist back and forth like, hey, mamma mia, gabagool. That was like our silent cue for gotcha, baby. And that was like an inside joke we had with the DJs, with the Germans, with a few other people. And everybody knew she was the Cacio e Pepe girl, but no one said it. No one went up to her and was like, hey, Cacio e Pepe. But it leads into the greatest story of the whole trip. Um, I have to take a short break here, but you won't notice it, so I will be back right in a quick little beat right now. And you didn't even realize that I was gone, the magic of editing. But anyway, yes, so we all knew that she was the Cacio Pepe girl, and um, we had a really nice dinner, and it really loosened things up finding that out. And uh, yeah, so then, you know, it was maybe 10.30 at night, maybe close to 11, and you know, the sun was still kind of setting, which is so crazy, and we... We took the bus back to the hotel, and I kind of got the feeling that maybe everybody was in the mood to kind of, you know, maybe go out and party a little bit, and part of me was really hoping for that, because, you know, I thought, okay, we're all young people, more or less, uh, we're in Amsterdam, um, but I guess I was the only person who had just never been there before. Everyone else did what probably I should have done, which was treat it like work. <laughs> but I was like, oh my God, I've been flown to Amsterdam. I've been put up in a hotel and all I got to do is take Instagram stories of my experience. How crazy is this? Um, let's go party. Let's go find some things to get into. And uh, unfortunately, it just didn't really work out like that. I, we got back to the hotel and literally, even though everyone was like, yeah, yeah, let's do something. Every single person went to their room to go to bed except for the two young Belgian DJ guys. Um, and we really clicked, we three. Like, it kind of spawned or sparked a, a good friendship there because we went out to the to these uh, park benches. Just the three of us, you know, had a couple of beers, um, just talked about, you know, what we do and what kind of music we're into. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was just, and, I mean, by 11.30 or something or 11.40, we were like, all right, let's go to bed. You know, because the next day... Started a little early. So next day, um, breakfast uh, at the hotel started like around 8. I think I went downstairs maybe around like 8.15 or something. So kind of an early start. Didn't really get like a nice deep sleep, long sleep in like I would have hoped for. But um, still, all good. Um, or no, I think I went down for 8 because I was nervous that it started at 8 with everybody. So I got up at like 7.30 
which really was stupid because I didn't even fall asleep until like after midnight, which still, any day, it doesn't matter. Uh, I went down at the breakfast hotel and I saw Crystal, the Italian, and Gabby, Cacio and Pepe. And we were all uh, having breakfast together and then the rest of the team showed up and then everyone came pretty late. Like it was, we were supposed to leave in a bus to go to the Tony's, you know, headquarter offices at 9.15 and at like 9.10, the rest of the people came down uh, and like quickly shoved some some coffee down. Um, and then we went to, we all piled back into the bus and drove right past the beautiful restaurant from the night before and went to Tony's headquarter offices. So this was really cool. This is kind of like how you imagine all of like the, um, what do you call it? Like all of the um, Silicon Valley tech company offices would be like at Google or, or Apple, where it's this big open floor plan, open concept, you know, there's no walls in between anybody. Uh, even down to like, again, how the chocolate bar has unequal uh, chunks. The, um, the desks are all unequally cut and no one is allowed to stay at the same desk every day. So you kind of always rotating. She's like, we just want everybody to meet everybody. And the funny thing was, I mean, Tony's is great. And I, I love I love this idea, this feeling of like, there is no company like our company. And I've, I've met other people from different cool companies before. And it's, it is always a little similar in the way of like, but we're different. Tony's is really different and they're really cool, but they still, it's still an office, you know, there's still people working in tech and stuff and IT, uh, you know, and like doing the taxes and everything. Um, but it was really still very nice. We got there, we go into this first main room and there's like 10 million chocolate bars lining the walls, color coded, um, which was very cool. And they had like their own kitchen and bar, uh, like coffee bar. Um, then they had like a chocolate vault, which we went to at the end, but first we made a tour and we saw all the desks and the offices. They had like a room for nursing mothers. They had a yoga room and a gym. They had showers. Basically they just like this feeling of like, you don't have to go home. You can just stay here. You can chill. Um, they had like brainstorming rooms. They had, you know, like the blue room, the red room, the green room. And then in the, the very back, they had like all this candy and access to chocolate. And, you know, um, they were like, they had all these different companies things there too, like Hershey's and M&M's and, and Ferrero Rocher. And they were like, everything's a competition until they work with us. Then it's our, then it's our buddy or whatever. So they're kind of like, I guess, trying to partner with all these different things in, in their own way and make sort of relationships to these companies. It's kind of how they did it with Ben and Jerry's. But yeah, classic tour of an office. Uh, they had some ping pong tables, whatever. And then I was, um, I, we, at the very end of this tour of the office, we went into the chocolate. Oh no, no. Well, what's important, the middle, like the, the core section of this, we did the tour. And then at 10 AM, um, we did the chocolate workshop and, uh, I'm really excited. I guess I can do it this week is to make a video about the unveiling of the chocolate bar that I made at Tony's headquarters. Um, I'm sure everybody overloaded their bar like to hell and back, but, um, basically it's, you know, they have these like machines of constantly flowing liquid chocolate of varying bitterness and dark. So they have like milk chocolate, dark, whatever, da -ba -ba, da -ba -ba. and uh, you just take it in these bags and then you like, like an icing bag and you cut the tip and then you can squirt it into this, you know, chocolate bar shaped plastic canister. And, um, it was cool. We were hosted by this guy, Boz, and, but we just called him the boss. <laughs> and he was this, you know, super serious Dutch chocolate sommelier chef guy who won all these awards and Tony's bought him from this other company. And 
he makes some of their, you know, trendiest, like popular bars and they do taste testing things and they take them to the company. It's a whole process to make new things. And they basically let us make our own. They had these like, yeah, the fountains and we put it, put it into these things and you could choose what kind of chocolate, white chocolate, whatever. And then they had all these bowls of toppings like sprinkles and cookie crumble and waffle and caramel and sea salt and blah, 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 blah. And we all overloaded it and filled it in and then it dries and then they, they seal it and then they brought it to our hotel room later that day. And now I still have it here. I haven't opened it yet as of this recording, but if you follow me on Instagram, I guess you'll see when I do finally uh, reveal it. So we did that, but we were kind of fast with it because then after that, we went to the chocolate vault and this is where I should have taken much more chocolate than I did. Um, I went in there and I had the intention of taking, I don't know, I, th- I thought I would take like 20. I ended up taking like maybe like 10 bars of chocolate. I just thought like that's enough. But some people like the British, like Harry, like the British influencer people, they took two full tote bags. They must have taken like maybe a hundred bars of chocolate which I should have done because that's what they wanted you to do. They wanted you to take as much as you wanted. And I was too shy and didn't take so many. Um, And then what was really nice is there in the offices at the staircase in front of this chocolate vault, two people came up to me who work somewhere deep in the computer's like desk section of the company. They weren't connected to us at all. And they were like, oh my God, Jordan, we're so happy that you're here. We were such big fans of what you do. And it was so sweet to like be there as part of this like influencer thing and then to be recognized for that at the company by completely unrelated people that just worked there they're like oh we saw you we knew you we heard you were coming that's so cool we're such big fans and it was a girl from uh, poland who's working there and a guy from lithuania and they were so sweet and their english was so good and they were so kind and they took a photo with me and they're like you're never gonna believe our best friend loves your videos they're never gonna believe we met you and it was like the sweetest, sweetest, sweetest thing ever. And I was so happy. That was my favorite part of the whole trip was just like, they were so sweet. Uh, and then, you know, later the second day was this fair. So later again in the evening, I saw the girl again. Um, but uh, yeah, everyone was super, super nice. And uh, we finished the chocolate workshop kind of early. So we finished the chocolate vault kind of early. So then there was like a little bit of waiting around in the offices to go to lunch So, of course, me and the Germans went outside and sat in the sunlight and got some fresh air because that's what you do. And then we went to lunch and lunch was kind of like this rooftop restaurant with a very cool yellow metal staircase that you walk to get up to it. And again, all veggie would have loved, you know, maybe an option, but it was very, very, they had a halloumi burger that was very good. I like halloumi. I like when it's cooked like that. It was a nice, warm, soft brioche bun, you know. I like, I like halloumi, could have used it with a little bit of meat next to it, but it was all good. But yeah, you know, just a lot of like, you know, veggie sauces, veggie chips, too much stuff. Um, We all got very full and we all got very sunburned. And then we uh, finally, after lunch, I was so tired. It was like uh, two o'clock or almost, yeah, around two o'clock. And they said, okay, now one more thing. And then you have some time to yourself. I was like, oh God. But I am kind of glad I did, I did this. We we all packed up from lunch and went to the Tony's Superstore in the center of Amsterdam. It's like a block away from the main train station, which is like, the, it's like looking at Times Square equivalent. It's the most touristy dead center part of the famous city. Like it's just a part of the city I never would have seen if they hadn't taken me. It was a part of the city that I had not, you know, considered at all 
connected to this trip. We were in different neighborhoods and this was just, it was nice to see it for once, for sure. I should have taken some photos. I didn't take jack shit, which now I feel really regretful for because I have no, I mean, I was there, I was in the moment, so I have a good memory of it. Very happy for that. But I have no like proof or anything I can like show anybody, which is probably why they wanted me to go on the trip in the first place. But um, yeah, I went to the superstore, which is like this underground store under a building in the main area of town. Um, and just what you imagine, huge chocolate store. Coolest thing about it was they had a, a mini factory in the store behind a glass wall where you could see the machinery and the women with the hairnets and the Oompa Loompas. And what they would do is you could go to an iPad and you could type in, um, I want milk chocolate with sea salt and caramel and waffle cone crust. Then uh, it goes like, and then the machine kicks up and then it makes your chocolate bar specifically how you want it. And then you get it like within just a couple of minutes. And that's pretty cool. Uh, and of course they had merch. They sold a bunch of t-shirts and mugs and notebooks and chocolates, chocolate milk, which I should have bought. Don't know why I didn't do that. I feel very dumb about that now, but I didn't think I could fly home with a liter of chocolate milk, um, but I should have tried. And then we left there and then there was two options. Like everybody was super exhausted. I was so, so tired, but everyone kept asking like, oh, it's your first time in Amsterdam. Well, you should start here and like adventure around and go to here and go to here and go to here. And then you can meet us for dinner. And I was like, yeah, but, and I ended up just walking back with everybody back to the bus. A few people explored, but I walked back to the bus, went back to the hotel and passed out. I barely got out to explore at all, which I kind of just wish I would have had a little more energy for it. You know, I'm just, I don't know. It was like in the direct sunlight for like eight hours, you know, heavy food, you know, I was a little hungover from the day before, early start, on your feet all day. I got like 20,000 steps in both days and it was just a lot, you know, but thankfully I got that nap in. It was so rejuvenating. And then finally, the end of the second day was the big Tony's fair. So yeah, that little window of time to explore, I really just took it like in the, in the hotel room. Uh, then we met in front of the hotel and the whole group, we walked down the street to uh, this basically enormous arena that was just down the street. Somehow I didn't even see it. And they had built it and it was a big, like, it's a, I mean, a fair in the way that like there's a Ferris wheel, there's a bunch of food trucks, there's bars. Uh, you get tokens for each thing. We had like VIP passes and unlimited tokens for drinks and food. So that was cool. And again, all the food was veggie. Would have just loved the option. Like they had pizza, but it was cauliflower crust with mushrooms. Then they had tacos, but it was like fake chicken on cauliflower. Da, 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 da. You know, I mean like tasty, you know, tasty. I was okay. I preferred the tacos and pizza over the st stuff I'd had before, but still just didn't quite scratch my itch. Um... And they only served beer and wine. And that kind of drove me crazy because I was really, really itching for anything but beer. And I didn't want this. I just, I wasn't in the mood for white wine and I wanted anything else but beer. So I just kind of had to take it. And I wasn't really getting tipsy because I had been hungover the day, from the day before. So, you know, if you're hungover and you're going to a party, it takes you a lot longer to get drunk which is what sometimes people do like before weddings or something. So they're not hammered by 9 PM. But, uh, it was, you know, like midnight and I just felt very sober by the whole thing. And, uh, but I had a great time, you know, like the whole staff was there. They were super sweet. Everyone dressed up nice. Everyone was posting and, 
you know, sharing stories and we all followed each other and made a bunch of friends. And here is where my favorite story of the whole trip takes place at the fair. So everyone's kind of tipsy. Everyone's had food. The whole group gets lost and splits up, but then we all find each other again at these beanbag chairs under a tent near a bar outside. And we all sit down and Gabby, Cacio e Pepe, is sitting in a beanbag chair and she's wearing a dress, like a short skirt dress. And the way she sits, she kind of moves and her legs spread and she makes a joke with the woman sitting in front of her, excuse my language, but she says, oops, almost showed you my pussy. And this was the moment where I decided for myself, now is the time to make sure that everybody knows here who she is and what she's famous for. And it just popped in my head. And I was like, you almost showed your cacho e pussy. And it was like, <laughs> like everybody fell out of their seat. I felt so proud of myself. I was like, that was a risk. That was a gamble. No risk, no fun. I went for it. I said the most absolutely inappropriate joke I could say at the same time in letting her know that we all know Cacio e Pepe, that we all know that's her. And uh, it just exploded. It was like the greatest uh, moment for me of the entire trip. I had all like the, you know, the Asian people who are a little bit more like reserved. I had them falling out of their chair, even like the British girl who we didn't click really on anything. I had her laughing, you know, Gabby was super game. She laughed at herself. The people in the staff, the people who worked for Tony's were laughing. And I felt like I did it. Like I connected with everybody, this is it. Like I'm here because I'm the funny guy, and this just proves it. So then I felt really confident. I felt good. I had really a lot of really fun time. And yeah, the whole whole thing was, you know, people bought tickets for this. It was like a huge thing where it wasn't just employees. It was like shareholders and people from the city who could buy go buy tickets and participate. They had free ice cream. It was a big crazy thing. Um, I kind of wish if they had had like a real bar, I probably would have sipped on gym and cokes and gotten real drunk. And then probably would have kept partying because like I knew I had to get up early the next day for my flight. But I told myself if I'm having a really good time, I'm going to party party and I'm going to go out into the city and party party. But neither night, neither night did I do it. And I didn't get Jim and Cokes at the thing. I had like four little Dutch beers, so I didn't feel drunk at all. And at midnight, the party was over and we all walked back to the hotel and we all went to bed. <laughs> the end. Yeah. And then the next morning I got up, um, I slept in a little bit late, so I didn't catch breakfast, but I drank a lot of water and I got, I got in the Amsterdam airport security is the greatest security in the entire world. It makes me so happy. I wish it was always like this. I didn't have to take my laptop out of my bag. The only thing I had to do was take my belt off. I just put my backpack with all this chocolate and I think there was like a spoon in my bag and some keys and my laptop, my phone, everything all in one bucket. Yeah, sure. No, no, sir. Leave it in. Leave it in. No problem. No problem. No problem. Leave it in there, sir. Absolutely. Just come on through. Took the belt off. Just walked through. Thank you, sir. Got my stuff. I was out in like 25 seconds. It was the best security I've ever been through in my life, um, which is the worst part of flying for me is the security. And um, yeah, then I uh, got through had myself immediately, immediately went to a cheap little dingy cafe shop uh, where they microwaved a sausage roll that was cold in the middle. So I ate around the middle like a dog eating around the bone because um, I missed meat so much because I'm a pig. Ate that, you know, got that flight, slept on the way back, and there it was. It was all over.
and it all happened really fast. I, um, you know, I'm grateful that I had the chance to go, that I had the time and, th- and the support to go. Um, I hope it's just the beginning of a lot of things like this. I had one great conversation with one of the staff members, this this wonderful black girl from New York who became like my favorite person of the staff, except for you, Philip, if you're listening, you're, 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 you're still, you still own my heart, Tony's wise. Um, but she, you know, I was making a joke about how I didn't feel like I belonged so much. And she was like, no, 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 don't start with that. Don't be like that. You know, everyone's here because we all voted. The whole team made a lot of executive decisions. We all came together. We had a, we had a lot of people that we narrowed down. We wanted you from the beginning. You had, you had been coming up on all of our Instagram pages for weeks. Like, we all liked what you do. You know, we wanted someone, we wanted different people who do different things. That's that chick over there, you know, she's fashion. This one's over here is memes. That one's food. That one's travel. That one's lifestyle. And we wanted you because you, because you're different, because you're comedy and because you're growing your own audience, you're doing everything right. And she's like, you know, and everyone kept asking me if I had management. They're like, so did this, uh, did Tony's contact you through your agency? And I was like, what? I was like, an influencer agency, like influencer management? No, of course I don't have that. Um, and they were like, oh, well, you should. Like, you will. You definitely have enough followers. Like, you can definitely do that now. And uh, the woman was like, you know, don't worry about that. When you when you get it, you'll get it. You definitely will get it soon. People are paying attention. This is just going to be the beginning for you. Like, enjoy what you're doing. Just don't change who you are. Just have fun. You know, this is, we all, you know, it's all connecting. It's all working. Just stay cool and it's all going to play out and you're going to have a good time. And it was just really relieving and really rewarding. And I felt so like welcomed. And uh, the, you know, final notes are the Tony's Chocolate Lonely Company has a good message, a good motto. I know it's a little pricey, but it's for a good reason. And I highly su- suggest that if you, you know, if you're a chocolate fan and you have the chance to buy Tony's Chocolate Lonely um, you know, they have branches in the UK and the US, all over Germany, Denmark, Netherlands. Just if it's there, get it. Um, they, it's, it tastes amazing and uh, they're good people and very grateful for the experience I had. Um, Sabrina, Noel, Philip, everybody, so cool. Caitlin, thank you for the opportunity. Um, I hope that the influencers I made friends with, I hope we can stay in touch. Maybe we'll see each other at the next event. And uh, yeah, guys, I just, I'm, I really wanted to share with you the whole the whole journey. And, um, yeah, I think you can hear the paper shuffling. That's it of the itinerary. So, um, stay tuned. Oh, wow. I did a full hour on this. Um, next week. No, sorry. This week, later this week is going to be an interview with a great, uh, American content creator living here in Germany. So stay tuned for that guys. If you had fun, if you enjoyed this, like subscribe, share, please. It really helps grow this show. Thank you so much for listening. I love you all. And, uh, I'll hear from you. No, you'll hear from me in a few days. Bye. Look at baby. The saints are coming through. And it's all over now. Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Badscheider, produziert für M94.5.